It's been an awful fucking week, and my sleep schedule has not been regular in about as many days. Um, we're recording kind of late, it's like 7pm, but, uh, hey, episode 9 of Healthy Obsession. Hey, here we go. I've almost drinking through my entire coffee before we even started recording. Well, damn, so that you're gonna, it's gonna hit, like, halfway through this, and you're just gonna be like a machine gun of voice. I hope so. That Yeah, I mean, that, that would be the hope. I can't wake up any earlier and drink coffee any earlier, because life. Yeah. When do you usually go to bed? Um, I would normally try to be asleep by 10-ish, 11 okay. at the latest. Um, this week, I've been up until almost noon. Because I've been alternating between doom scrolling on Reddit and watching CNN because yeah. the election's been happening. Um, so I and and today was like the first day of the week where like the election was called and I didn't have to do anything after work. So I came right home and got in the shower and I and I almost went to sleep at 10 like like a normal me again. But then uh, I started watching YouTube and I was still up until 11. <laughs> damn youtube rabbit holes yeah so so then i slept for seven hours until six and i'm still fucking tired so i I, I i'm in that hole now where where even you know even though i work third shift and uh i wake up like five hours before i have to go to work i i still have to catch up on sleep on the weekends and i'm gonna sleep for like nine hours after my shift today i feel you there at least you're not like me where my body refuses to adjust to the daylight savings time thing now. <laughs> so I just wake up at six every day. And so like I was, what was it? I would do, I was so exhausted yesterday. I think because, you know, mostly because the whole week of stress of just watching election results come in, trickle in. Although I will say, you know, the memes about Nevada have, were pretty, <laughs> pretty on point. I oh, will yeah. say, but I think it finally hit, especially after they called it yesterday, it finally just hit me of just how exhausted I was. Like, <laughs> I think Friday too, it was hitting me because I swear I went to bed at like 10, but I was up at like six. No, no, no. I stayed up a little bit later and then woke up at six. So I got like no sleep. And then Saturday, it was just actually Saturday was pretty great. You know, we got the announcement. Joe Biden's president elect. Yay. But also more importantly than that, uh, IU football is three and O for the first time in like a bajillion years. So, you know, go Hoosiers. Is this the normal time for football to be that early in its season? No, normally this would be like the season would be getting close to being over, but the big 10 season started really late. Because at first they weren't going to play, and then they were going to play, and then they started. Um, but Wisconsin's only played one game because they've had a big COVID outbreak. So they played week one, <laughs> and the last two weeks they have not played. <laughs> yeah, can't very well do the bubble for college sports, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard. I know they were looking at doing some of that for like college basketball tournaments at where the same place they did the NBA stuff, but they've since stopped trying to do that, mostly because... That had to be a logistical nightmare, especially because they're student athletes, so they right. also have to do classes at the same time. So yeah, granted, said, nope. if uh, if all those schools were just doing online classes, then that wouldn't really change anything at all. But that'd yeah. be like you said, a logistics nightmare. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when college basketball starts, which is at the end of the month. So uh, who the fuck knows? Yeah. <laughs> I unfortunately just got the text yesterday that my family's Christmas party is not happening this year because mm, yeah. COVID stuff. Yeah, I had a one of my friends text me what my family was planning on doing for the holidays, and I don't think we're really doing anything get together wise for Thanksgiving. I might get together with my you know my parents and my sister, but I don't know how much of our extended family will be for that. And then Christmas, I don't think anyone out of state's coming in into town and i can't really blame them i wouldn't yeah i feel like now until the end of the year like like uh, covid was already pretty bad we obviously don't have it super under control but now we're in the holiday season and between thanksgiving and christmas get-togethers and black friday and new year's 
I, I don't think any of this bodes super well. Yeah, and I think that's one... Well, I think it's interesting that... I think it's Home Depot I've seen, and maybe someone else, have already started their Black Friday deals. And they're just like, yeah, we're just doing it for like a month. And I'm like, that's because you desperately need people to buy your shit. <laughs> yep. Here's hoping we do eventually get another stimulus so I can buy fun things like a microphone and... and uh... You know, other stuff. Yeah, or a new computer, which is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> with all this new, uh, with all the new AMD stuff coming out, I'm, I'm until I see it tested. Right now, I might be switching to Team Red. Oh, really? Yeah, but I need to see uh, the the testing or whatever they call it. I don't know, because from what Intel and AMD have been doing, they keep leapfrogging each other. It seems so. You know. And uh, the tenth is it tenth gen Intel, whatever the, whatever the newest Intel gen that just came out comes out, and then you know AMD just had their new stuff coming out, but Intel also has more stuff coming out like after Christmas. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? How do you determine what to buy if you buy it <laughs> and immediately something better's out? But yeah. then again, like I don't do enough for it to really matter, so I just need to pick something. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I would just go with whatever is cheaper at the time because, right. I mean, I think they're both fine. Like like you said, I don't know enough about those kinds of specs to really have an opinion on whether AMD or NVIDIA is better. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, good Spe- Speaking of which, though, uh, so with, with things going on this week, uh, have you had the chance to do, like, any gaming or are you guys, like, just doing Phasmophobia? Uh, we played a little Phasmophobia. Uh, I played a little bit of Apex, which we can get. I want to get into that a little bit later, or we could do it now. I don't care. But last night when we were playing Phasmophobia, Jackson finally hit level fifteen, and that unlocks uh, intermediate difficulty. Oh, <laughs> and and we were all like, I I don't really want to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> So I was really tired again last night, so I kind of got off early. But at some point, I think we'll try that. Like it turns the the high school and the asylum into intermediate difficulties. Or like for him, if he's the the leader. Um. So well, like we'll it automatically fig- does it. Yeah, if oh, he's geez. the party leader. Well, so like he still had like the one the one floor house with like three rooms. He still had that one as an option to be picked. Which was a amateur, but if you pick school or asylum, I think it increases the difficulty, whatever that means. Interesting. But yeah, aside for that was I didn't I didn't get much time to play or have or want much time to play because I was just glued, stress watching the news all yeah. week. Which uh, I, again, I'm gonna kind of uh, piggyback off of that for. A, a slight subject change uh, because of everything going on this week uh we haven't released last week's episode yet and yes. i'm probably just going to drop that at the same time as this episode but that all is to say we're on podcast programs now yay i still have a few to set of them up, i gotta set up the apple podcast one but what are the other ones that we're on yeah, I think the most important ones is we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Pocket Casts, and uh, I think the other one is Deezer we're on. I think a few others. We're, we're on most places you find your podcasts now. One day we might be on all of them. Yeah, one day, maybe. No, guar- still, no guarantees. We're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting on review processes for a few. Yeah. It'll be... It's cool. It's exciting. Yay. Yeah, so now maybe people can actually listen to us and tell us we're shit. Oh, fuck them. I don't care. <laughs> so we're complete with uh, a shitty thumbnail that for some reason impresses Hayden. I really like it. I think it's cool. You think it's I have... cool? Yeah. Okay. It looks like a podcast thumbnail. That's all I'm saying. Like That's why I think it's cool. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I, I was looking through some of the ones. I'm like, okay, well, these higher-end companies have like much more artistic ones, but it's not bad. You okay. did good in the probably like five minutes it took you to put it together. <laughs> yeah, bro, not even. Like, legitimately, I, I I wanted like, okay, this is gonna be a placeholder, so I want something that captures the energy of word art from Microsoft Word 2004. So I, I, well. uh, I just looked up 
uh, basically just like word generators in different styles. And and I found the one that we have now that was basically like like the hot rod flames of text generators. <laughs> and then all I had to do is type in the name and export a JPEG, and now we're here. Hell yeah, dude. So it's, so it's just the words on fire on a white background. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we were talking about this right before we started, but uh, one little news bit we have was there's a preview out, uh, the second preview out for the next season of Beastars. And I think you were saying that you thought the, the animation looks better than what yeah. season one looked like. I, I think it's in subtle ways. Uh, I, I would at least I, w- I want to see some side by side comparisons to season one and season two, but it uh, it looks a lot better. It's it's uh, a good time for a CG anime. We're coming a long way. Like, and then we got their their uh, studio Orange and Triggers. Uh, I think it's Trigger. Their Godzilla anime that's coming out soon. Wait, Trigger's doing a Godzilla anime? I can't remember who's doing it with them. They're doing it. Uh, Studio Orange is doing it in partnership with somebody. Okay. Yeah, I'm already in anyway because I want to see Studio Orange do Godzilla. Oh, it's Bones. That sounds awesome. But oh man, that's even better. (laughs) Yeah, Bones and Studio Orange are producing a new Godzilla anime. Trigger can't disappoint me in the second half by revealing that Godzilla (laughs) is an alien. Even though wouldn't that kind of already been be known? I mean, or do they just say he's a dinosaur? I don't know. No Godzilla lore. I, I think typically the lore is that he is an ancient creature in the earth that was awoken by nuclear testing. Yeah. When are we get when are we getting that Kong Godzilla movie? Uh gotta be soon. It was probably uh, <laughs> pushed back because of COVID. But I was gonna say, I wonder how far back it got pushed. Yeah, because uh this this whole year has put movies in general on hold. Yeah, and not we, just for releases, but for viewing, viewing too. Because yeah. I still haven't seen Tenet, and I really need to get around to that. Same. <laughs> but yeah, season two looks great. I really like the story that season two is going to cover. It's probably the best uh, B Stars gets. See, whenever we release the episode where we just talk about B Stars the whole time, because we haven't yeah. released that one yet, have we? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was one of the backlog ones that I need to put up yeah so season two is great shit um did you see they released the cod the new cod storage necessity needed to download Uh, it i haven't seen that from like an original source i've just seen people complaining about it it's outrageous outrageous so on the ps5 and xbox series x it's like 130 gigs and on PC, I think with ultra set ultra graphics, it's like 125 gigs, which that's just absurd. Like I know it's next gen and like they're gonna take up more space, but compress your goddamn file because it's <laughs> only gonna get bigger from there. Like I'm pretty sure that's what COD is right now. If you also have Warzone downloaded, so I I just don't. I don't get that, especially when they, they, oh, that was one thing. They released how much, like, storage would be on uh, the Xbox Series S at launch, and there's only, like, 300 available gigs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because it only has, like, 512 gigs, and then there's, like, X amount of that for the operating system, and it was revealed that there's only, like, 300-something gigs available. That's ridiculous. It's really a travesty (laughs) at this point. Like, Aside from the fact that Call of Duty of all games is running over 100 gigabytes, it's a travesty that even the base model of game console in this day and age is not standard with a one terabyte hard drive. Well, I mean, too, the X, the Series S, that's part of the Series S's selling point is that it's cheaper and they didn't put any memory. Because I think, but I think the Series X and PS5 only have a terabyte, which... That means they didn't upgrade the storage capacity in either, but that's because they all have SSDs, and those consoles would have been hella expensive if they had two gig SSDs on them. Yeah. I mean, I think one terabyte is fine for a base model, because it's at least a step up from last gen's base model that only had 500. 
Yeah, and you can buy that. <laughs> the Xbox is like, yeah, you can buy this two terabyte uh, SSD memory card thing from Seagate that costs two hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, but still, like some some mom is gonna buy her kid the Series S because it's affordable and it's what they can do for Christmas, and then that kid's gonna want the new Call of Duty, and then he's never going to uninstall that Call of Duty because he really likes it. He really likes the battle royale mode. But then for the entire duration of the period that he has a, a One S, he can have what two, maybe three games installed at the same time, and he's gonna have to shuffle through those all the time because yeah. disc based almost doesn't exist anymore. And even still, you have to have almost a full download when you put those things in. Well, and the Series S doesn't have a disk drive. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. E- even even more. It has to be all digital. At most, you can have five games installed at a time. Like, yeah. like, like AAA games that are going to take up space. Indies, sure, you can have as many as you want. But that's a fucking problem. Like, yeah. aside from my own hangups with Call of Duty... I, I, I think objectively a game like Call of Duty should not take up more than 100 gigabytes. Oh, no, never. I mean, there's... I'm trying to think of some of the big... I know uh, GTA Five gets pretty big now, but there aren't even that many games right now that are... Like, granted, on the current gen that we have right now before... Because, what? Don't the, don't, the new, ugh, don't the new consoles come out next week or in two yeah. weeks? Or next week. Uh um they're like there's they're lower requirements on the xbox one and ps4 but it's still i thought like 80 something gigs and that might even be low like it's still crazy high and i think i can't remember who it was i saw uh a post on twitter it was either from like kutaku or ign like they were reviewing the series s and their the big takeaway from it was it's it's a really good like companion console to have with a Series X that you only use for game some Game Pass games. Which wow. I'm like, I mean that makes sense, but who's gonna actually do that? Especially yeah. when Microsoft's selling point really is just Game Pass, not the consoles this gen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was what it was. Tim Tim Gettys from I think it was Tim from uh Kinda Funny tweeted or tweeted something from one of their shows they did this last week where he was like it's a great time to buy a ps5 a nintendo switch and xbox game pass <laughs> like they specifically didn't say an xbox because or console because that i mean they're right like microsoft isn't trying to sell you a console this gen yeah yeah the this gen is all about the services and that's that's even in the way that they're selling the console where they're offering like phone-based financing for their consoles and ways to yeah. upgrade. Microsoft is all about the services now, which I think is a smart move. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not upset about it. It yeah. confuses me a little bit. And as my own man with an income, I don't think I would waste <laughs> time buying a Series S. I would just go for the Series X. But it's good for families. It's good for, like I said, the mom on Black Friday that wants to get her son the new thing. And, well, here's a cheap option that will play the games that he wants. Yeah. But speaking of services, that's a great segue into uh, my what I wanted to talk to you about or bring to your attention because I bet you didn't hear about it with Apex. So the new season of Apex just launched this last week, season eight, nope, seven, season seven, with the new legend Horizon, who's, she's pretty cool, but they, or Respawn's getting a lot of shit because of tweaks they made to their battle pass. Haha, <laughs> see, there you go, service, segue, cheese. Um, <laughs> you did it, you where, really did it, the madman. Heck yeah. Um, but they changed the progression time for the battle pass, and it is egregious how long you have to play to go up one rank i i don't know the accuracy to it but someone was joking on reddit on the subreddit about how it's like oh i can't believe i'm so glad i got to play 12 hours and still haven't gone to rank two in the battle pass and i mean i've played probably three hours this week so not a lot but i'm still rank one and i mean it used to be in previous ones i'm pretty sure like your first game you are almost guaranteed to rank up no matter how shit you did. Like, they're just like, oh, you played a game, rank two. And, you know, it slowly gets takes longer to level up. But my first game was a win with four kills. And I 
was like not even a quarter of the way to the next rank or something crazy. So it it sparked a lot of backlash. Like response come out and said, "Oh, we overtuned it, and we'll we're gonna we're gonna fix it going like f- going forward week like next week they'll have an update." But I'm like, okay, that's like a wasted week of your season though, because no one can level up, and so it's almost incentivizing buying ranks, which I always think is bullshit. And there, eventually, I want to get your your input on the Destiny one because you've been playing more, but um. Still on the Apex one, I just don't. I don't even really know why they changed it because in past seasons, like the season five one, I completed. But I, I mean, I played a lot at the beginning of that season and then played maybe like an hour a day for pretty much the rest of that season and kind of barely. I had to like grind a little bit at the end of the season to complete it. So it was, I thought, a pretty good length or time commitment. And now it's like you could I could never do. I'd probably only get to rank twenty five if I put in the same amount of time. But I'm curious for you, with you on, in on the Destiny side, what because you know more about like the community's thoughts and stuff like that on the Destiny season pass. Yeah. Um, so just real quick in regards to the the Apex pass. Uh, yeah, it's not something that I've looked at personally because I don't have a lot of time for. To, to invest into free-to-play games, but I have seen the outrage about the Battle Pass, and it does seem pretty stupid the way it's set up. Um, especially, like, some people called that, like, this is a bargaining tactic, they're making it really hard now so they can walk it back later and it'll still be bad, and people still yeah. aren't happy after they've walked it back. And and I wonder if, uh, like, that's, that's due in part to them launching on Steam, that, like... Um, I, I'm afraid to say maybe they're getting a little bit more corporate and they're doing things to drive up player interaction purposefully bad because free-to-play tactics, it sucks. Um, but yeah, as far as the Destiny Season Pass goes, uh, I don't think it's bad at all. It's very easy. If you just play the game, you'll easily get to the full rank 100. Um, but it helps that the season pass isn't, like, the thing you do in Destiny, because Destiny also is barely a free-to-play game. Most of the content in the game right now you can play for free through their new light program. But if you want to do the latest content, do the latest story, it is a purchasable expansion. Um, it's closer to a World of Warcraft situation now than anything else. Um, so, for instance, like, this season, I played... Probably the first month, month and a half maybe of this season, and then I did not play the game for about two months, and I have come back to playing on and off for this last month, and I'm like rank 130 in the season pass, oh, because geez. you can you can level past 100 and just get like generic uh, upgrade materials and points and stuff, but the season pass only goes through 100 as far as it gives you... Uh, like armor ornaments or upgrade materials, stuff like that. So as long as you do bounties and as long as you're playing Destiny, it's very easy to progress through their season pass. Yeah, and I, I know with Apex, like, it was never hard. I would try to always do it where, um, what was it? I try to do about 10, 10 ranks a week because it's usually about 10 weeks of a season. Like, the season is about 10 weeks. Right? No, that can't be right because it's three months. So it's about 12 weeks. So yeah, I try to get 10 a week. And there's just because that's how I know I could would complete it. And, you know, give or take one or two a week. And like, if you completed all your weekly challenges, you that gave you, I think, four or five ranks. Like just from if you completed each week's re- weekly challenges and they never reset, like you have those weekly ones till the end of the pass. So like there's good catch up mechanics of if you're behind and you come in with like three weeks left, you're going to have a boatload of weeks of quests and challenges to do to like speed up leveling it. But now like, I mean, it's just insane how long it would take you to level up once. And with, with, uh, cause I don't know if how you quit, cause with destinies, you have to buy that season's content and it also comes with the season pass, correct? Uh, kind of, there is a free version of the season pass, uh, like the season pass has two tracks that there okay, was a free version with less rewards, 
uh, and then with the content bought, you get uh, access to the premium track of the pass. And if you have the premium, you get the upgrades from both tracks at the same time. So if Destiny is a free-to-play game for you, there is still a season pass, but with less content. Okay, it's the same for Apex, where there's a default free one. But, the, I mean, I don't think you even get a, any skin. You might get one skin. And if you get them, they're not premium skins. But if you do the the paid track, you get three premium skins and one to two premium gun skins, too. Mm. So, yeah, that's the, more the, the free ins- pass in Destiny is... Uh, Basically, just like a way to guarantee that, like, if you're playing Destiny, you'll get the exotic for the season. That's free. Yeah, it, that's similar to what. That's kind of similar. Well, right now, the the end of the line on the 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 end of the season pass in Apex is you get a legendary gun skin that usually looks pretty cool for a gun, and then they give you a, like a recolor of it if you get like ten levels higher. If you go like to one ten, but. And I'm interested to see how much how much their hotfix changes it, and if it's still just noticeably ass. I just don't know why they don't go back to what they had. But there's probably a monetary reason for that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, as much as I wish corporations would be more transparent about that thing, it would not be advantageous in a business sense to tell everyone, "Yeah, we're not doing great." But whenever a yeah. company does release like internal details like that, I eat that shit up. Uh, <laughs> for instance, I remember back in college, I think it was shortly after The Witcher 3 had come out. Uh, and, and they were just starting to... CD Projekt Red was just starting to gear up on cyberpunk development. And I don't think it was a leak, but they had released like what their PowerPoint was for a business meeting that outlined their plans for the future and how their sales were going. And it was super interesting to see behind that curtain. And of course, CD Projekt Red would be the company that would release that kind of thing. Yeah. So I I do wonder, and you can see like player interaction on Steam analytics now to see how many people are playing. But yeah, I wonder if uh, people were dropping off of Apex and they felt like, well, we got to hamper that progression if we want people to keep playing. I definitely think that is, well... I definitely think that you're right about people dropping off because I know I just got burnt out last season and I didn't play much at all. I played like the first two weeks, two, three weeks of season six. And then I was just like, I played so much recently and I just kind of got burnt out of games on games a lot. Yeah. Last like three months. Personally. Trying to get back in. And, and this could be like, you know, a difference in taste between me and a 12 year old playing games. Uh, and I don't mean that inherently as an insult. Uh, but I, I don't like the idea of big budget battle royale games just because I I don't like the idea of a company like Respawn pouring that much money and time into a game that barely changes because it is built off of doing exactly one thing right and they expect that game to carry them for years. Yeah, but I don't know. I That's one thing I like about Apex is that the, they've incorporated a lot of good storytelling and then... They, they use map changes and new maps to continue to add to the storytelling that's done. I think from a BR perspective, the Apex does it better than, than any of them when it comes to not just being a battle royale. Sure, but for me, that's not going to make the gameplay more interesting. Fair. Like, that's absolutely going to be, yeah, I'll play for a couple weeks and I'll still read the lore, but I'm not going to start playing because the lore is good, because the gameplay still hasn't changed at all. Now, granted, I did see on the new map they added vehicles, so, I mean, that's a cool change. But, but Chris, everything you just said is the exact same thing that happens every time you come back to Destiny. Shut up, (laughs) Hayden! (laughs) New story cool read the lore and the gameplay's still good but it hasn't changed that much and they didn't add vehicles (laughs) no i mean okay so you're you're mostly right except destiny does have a difference in a pve and pvp mode and things like raids and end game pvp content destiny's got (laughs) more variety but you're not wrong hey well they've Apex has started adding some PVE stuff, which is actually, it's, that's how they do their to- storytelling, through PVE missions, which is pretty cool. But they're, like, pretty basic. But yeah. um, Plus, Destiny has a, a gear grind and different weapons that uh, yeah. 
don't you don't lose at the end of a match. As you say, speaking uh, of Destiny, we got the new season this week, right? Yeah, it drops on Tuesday, November tenth. Is that do is it a normal update time? So at like two p.m. Uh, yeah, I think so. There's gonna be a pretty lengthy maintenance period because, um, actually, just like you know, Call of Duty War, it's getting pretty bloated. Uh, the the big thing about this new year of Destiny is that uh, the plot point going on right now is half of the locations in the game, the different planets you can travel to and explore on are going away and they're being locked into what Bungie is calling the Destiny Content Vault. Um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the idea, but I get why it has to happen. Uh, unfortunately, in this day and age, with how big of a game Destiny is and how many systems and physics and graphics it has under the hood, um, Destiny is going to be a pretty fucking big game. So they're fixing that by just getting rid of content from the game. So a lot of stuff or from vaulting it. Yeah, or vaulting it. Because the idea is that eventually they could bring it back out if it becomes relevant to the story or if they want to mix up the gameplay loop. So things like the menagerie, the black armory forges, I think even Gambit Prime, all that stuff is going away. Uh Io is going away. Mercury is going away. Story-wise, these planets are getting conquered by the darkness, but that's just a convenient way for Bungie to say, you can't go to these planets anymore, they're not going to be in the game, so we can shrink its size so that it still fits nicely on your uh, gaming system of choice. That's one thing I'm curious about, because I don't... I get that the game gets bigger and it's a lot like more intensive graphically, but then... Because I'm always curious how, like, WoW isn't a billion gigs at this point. Yeah. But I think... I, I heard someone say, talk about that once, and explained it. I went, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But I just wish I remembered what, <laughs> what it was that they said. Because they're like, oh, it's just because they do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, without being a game developer, my assumption would be that WoW is inherently a simpler game that just doesn't have as much going on. And that's not a knock at WoW, it's just how that game is built. Yeah. It just doesn't handle the same way Destiny does, and it doesn't do all the things Destiny does. Because I feel like a shooter, programming-wise, is inherently a more complicated game than a point-and-click RPG like Warcraft. Yeah. Aren't they doing? They're releasing the raid a little bit later than normal this season, aren't they? Like it's no, not it's the first it's right weekend. on time. I think I it is. It, it's uh, yeah, it's the first Saturday. It is okay. I thought I was listening to Mister Fruit talk about it, and I thought that they had said that it's not. It's the following, the next weekend is when the raid dropped. I don't think so. No, well, no, yeah, it looks like you're right. It's November twenty first. So, I mean, yeah, a week late, but not super late. I wonder if that means <laughs> that it will be harder because the inherent light... Well, they probably expect you to almost be at the base max light, right? Probably. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the people that would be there to do the raid on day one, it's going to be exactly as hard as it would have been otherwise. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, you- the contest modifier they put on it for day one, at a point caps the advantage that your level gives you because i think uh day one raid last year for garden of salvation by the third out of four encounters we were having issues with our level not giving us power advantages jesus because yeah that that shit was hard uh a goblin could have you dead in two shots jesus (laughs) jesus yeah Yeah, it was not fun i would love to try that once but I think we talked about this either last week or very recently. Of, um, I, it's a, it is a marathon, and I could probably try it for a couple hours, and then I either just need to like step away and like wait to see someone else beat it and see how to do it and try it. But like the, I, I get for some people like just trying to figure stuff out. No one knows how to do it is very is really fun. But I'm kind of a smooth brain at that stuff, so it doesn't <laughs> stay fun for very long with yeah. me. Because then I'm like, okay, I don't even know what we're supposed to do. Like, if I know what I'm supposed to do and I just suck at it and have to get better, okay, that's one thing. But trying to use my brain to figure out bungee puzzles, 
I've never been good at. <laughs> yeah. I am very sad that I will not be able to do the day one raid this year because uh, I, I'm too new at my new job that I can take the time off to do so. Yeah, uh, I feel that. But this this raid, aesthetically, is so exciting for me. Everything about this expansion. I, I, don't, I don't know that I have ever been more excited for a Destiny expansion because this content is everything that's my favorite stuff about Destiny because it's getting more into the Fallen and what's going on with them and then basically having their fucking Game of Thrones moment. Uh, with all the different factions happening. The raid itself is taking place inside the Deepstone Crypt, which is the location where the Exos were created and conceptualized. So inside the raid, you're like in a Clovis Bray facility, and there's just dead robot bodies strewn around every hallway because something terrible happened and it got abandoned. So between the Fallen and the robot stuff, this raid looks super cool, and God, I need the raid jacket this year, because I know it's going to look awesome. Yeah, you were talking about that previously, I remember, just how, how cool you thought it would look. I I just hope that, and I know it's going to happen, because it happens all the time with Destiny, but I know I'm going to really like the content until I've played it once, and then be <laughs> like, well, there it went. Yeah. There it was. Yeah, everyone's so, just gotta gotta find that gameplay loop that clicks with them. For you, it's Apex, and for me, it's Destiny. Well, the thing I'm gonna like about this first season the most be- is that they have the expansion content, and then also the seasonal content. So that yeah, first it, it'll it'll be has... the the meatiest three months of the year. Yeah, and that's why I liked that first season of Shadowkeep so much was because you had the content drop the seasonal activity which was i mean we've later learned was the same thing like three other times but the first time it was kind of cool and then you also had the dungeon drop so there was a shit ton of stuff that dropped for that first three months yeah i wish they could drop things like dungeons more often but you know development time and all that because they they did drop a dungeon with just this last season and it's a really cool dungeon but that does mean that we're probably not going to have one at least for another year into this new content. Yeah, most likely. I still only ran that like that one time with you. That's the only time I ran. <laughs> so I need to get is that that's staying, I presume? Uh yeah. I think it was unclear for a while, but I'm pretty sure it is sticking around. That one was in the Drifter ship, right? Uh kind of. It's like the Drifter is hauling a big ball of something behind his ship, and the entire dungeon like takes place inside that ball. Because it seems like it's like a portal to the realm of the Nine. It's the same thing where you do reckoning. Is that uh, what it's yeah, called? yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's good. I know we need to we we gotta quickly not quickly, but we gotta transition now. <laughs> I think. I, I could our, keep talking about Destiny for an entire three podcasts. I mean, next week we can probably just have a Destiny podcast since the season will be out. I'm planning on getting it and playing it. So we'll have, barring, you know, something crazy news-wise happening, yeah. we can probably just spend next week talking about that. I need to still do like seven more Menagerie runs before these couple days are up so I can get the Shadow title before it goes away. Ooh, get that in before it's gone for uh, maybe ever. Yeah. But... The main, our main topic this episode, as we are almost 40 minutes in, <laughs> Chris finally watched the rest of Great Pretender. Yeah. And I had watched it, I think, two weeks ago when we finally found out that they were just a little delayed on adding the subtitles to the Japanese Netflix. And then also, to my incredible surprise, <laughs> the dub, the English dub as well. Yeah, so, which catalyzed me finally watching it. Yeah. And so, Chris, you watched it this past week, correct? Yeah. So we kind of wanted to just talk about that, mostly because we love it. I think we can say that after. With and qualifications. I know, yeah, I know. I, I don't think there is any contest for it being show of the year, given the, some of the issues I had with it. 
I'm very curious to see if, because the only thing you told me was that you didn't give it a 10 out of 10 because of X things and you had some issues. And I'm very curious if at least one of them is the same issue I had because we haven't really talked about this at all yet. Right. So, so from from this point forward, we are going to be spoiler heavy on Great Pretender Season 2. Uh, season 2 is not out in America yet. Uh, I believe it will drop on, and and I season two is weird. It's not really a season two, but it's like a part two. It's case four. It's you know whatever, but it's labeled as season two on Netflix. Uh, pretty sure it drops November twenty fifth everywhere else. Right around, yeah, it's right around Thanksgiving. But thanks to Thanksgiving. thanks to the use of a VPN, me and Hayne have access to Japanese Netflix, so we have watched it early. So if you haven't seen Great Pretender and you like anime. Please watch Great Pretender and turn off this podcast. I will put a timestamp in the description of this episode to tell you when we are stop doing spoilers if we don't go to the end of the podcast with it. But from this point which, forward, which I probably will. I encourage you to watch the show because it is really fucking good, even though I got some problems. But also, even if you don't like anime, and we'll get into this and we'll probably timestamp this too, because I want... I, I think this is one of those shows that transcends people who just watch anime liking it. I think anyone can enjoy this show. So, Mom, I need you to start watching this show on Netflix. But I, now we can start the spoilers. <laughs> I did finally get my sister to watch it because we were hanging out a couple days ago. And I was like, you want to watch an anime? So I turned on season one. And then three days later, she's like, I'm watching the last episode and crying. <laughs> of season one or the last episode season one okay oh, she, dude, the, she's the watching it on that, her xbox the end of that third case oh my god oh it's yeah. just so good I, I have rewatched snow of london specifically like five times and i cry every time snow of I london is by far my favorite case yeah i i think the same is for me as well i need to rewatch the whole thing but the dub because i want to watch the dub as well yeah and and yeah if you don't want to read subtitles fear not the dub is actually really good yeah but what is your so we'll start now spoilers what was your biggest issue then with the last section okay we so, won't even start with that uh i mean yeah we, we can start there my biggest problem with the ending of the show is the post-credits season two tease where it is revealed that Laurent's uh, almost fiance Dorothy is still alive, has amnesia and found the ring he threw in the ocean because a fish swallowed it. All that happenstance (laughs) is so goddamn stupid to me. And it's my least favorite uh, plot device Ever, like in storytelling, all that happenstance happening because it, I mean, for one thing, it fucking ruins the gravitas of Dorothy being dead and pretty much undermines the entire section of the show. And and I I don't think it's going to make for a very strong plotline in season two. And if that wasn't enough, like he throws the ring into the ocean and that's meant to be like the end of Laurent's arc where, like, he's letting go, he did what he wanted to do, so he's tossing the ring, but then it comes back, and it's 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 so stupid. It's so coincidental, I hate it. Here, Here's my only caveat to that. One, I think you feel so strongly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you feel so strongly about that because you saw that as, oh, there's a season two, this will be picked up. I don't think there's going to be another season. Really? I thought that was like a, oh, she's not, I thought that was like left to the viewer's discretion of what that meant of like, oh, will they eventually meet each other again? Will she get her memories back and go find Laurent? That sort of thing. So I, I still don't, uh, to your point though, I'm kind of the same of, I don't like it when you s- throw something in there, something like that in there because it kind of completely takes away from, oh, there are no consequences to anything any of these people are going to do at all, which leads to what my biggest thing of that last arc was. And it was that I wish I didn't, I wish that wasn't the fourth case because I, I get the last, it gets gets up to the last two episodes and I'm like, I know at no point did I think, 
oh, this person's actually dead. Just yeah. because I've watched the other three cases. <clears throat> and I just know, I just, the way the show is set up, you just are made to believe, oh, even if they're doing something where like, they, oh, they're going to fucking kill that guy. You never are like, oh, they're actually dead. You're always like, oh, well, I can't wait to see them in either the next episode or in 10 minutes. And I felt like the last arc got hurt by that because the whole final conflict, I none of that meant anything to me because I'm like, I know they're acting. I, they have to be. None of this is 100% real. And it wasn't. And it kind of took away the emotional impact that like, the third case has even the second case has because you're still like oh shit i don't know maybe someone could die or maybe something has actual consequences and then that last arc is just yeah there's there's really that everything is somewhat planned or a part of the scheme nothing is just like genuinely happening yeah and i i do definitely have the same problem i I, I do like that given that this was the last episode, so or the last case, so much about the case was reminiscent in imagery and execution of the very first case. Um, including yeah. like, you know, the fact that they brought back every major antagonist from the previous cases, which I, I thought I was really that. cool. Yeah, um, that part was really great. That that whole situation really made Great Pretender feel like a single cohesive package where there was a specific arc they wanted to tell and this was the end of that story which is why i i kind of hope there isn't a season two because i want great pretender to exist in a vacuum because i think having all those connected dots together in such a tight space really makes for an interesting story uh so i mean but counter to what you were saying um you know, specifically, we're talking about the moment when Cynthia and Abby were shot on the boat and dumped in the ocean. I was not entirely convinced immediately that they weren't dead because up until that point, it seemed super real. And I I wasn't thinking, oh, they're not really dead. I was thinking, wait, are they actually dead? Uh, I was to, I was like that to an extent. But not to I, I just there was always something in the back of my head that said I I'm almost positive they aren't going to be dead. Yeah, and then I felt like the show itself took away from what that moment could have meant or felt like because then it waited an entire other episode and a half to reintroduce Abby and Cynthia, and then it wasn't a reveal. They were just there because, like you said, nothing is ever real in the show. It's always a setup, and I think it would have been a better, more interesting story if they had instead played it up and turned it on its head and they're like, no, this isn't a bit, this isn't the plan. They are actually dead and we need to figure out something else. And to your point, that is one of the issues I have with just having what's your face be alive is because it completely takes away that. And if there's a season two, I don't know. Season two would have to start with someone from season one actually being killed. In my opinion, because otherwise, I don't know how you get the stakes back. Like, how would you? How would there ever be any stakes? Because you're just like they're gonna win. They're gonna. No one's gonna die. Right. You know, there's, especially there's with no how consequences. with how crazy the setup got for case four. Like, oh <laughs> like the last like so scam they that they pull. They built the whole building. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like taking a Yakuza and a Chinese triad leader to a deserted island while they're drugged to build an entire skyscraper. It's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I love it. But yeah, where do you go from there? I, I, that's why I, there, I don't think I don't think there'll be another season. I think this was just it's original anime and usually original anime don't get season twos. They just, just mostly because when they go into them, they tell a story and it has an ending. And I think we saw the ending. Now, and granted, the nature of the show allows it to have as many cases as they really want to do. But I kind of hope they don't do that. Yeah. And, and I hope that you're right. But I think the ending scene with Dorothy even still undermines all of that. 
because I hmm. I don't like that moment. Like I, I don't want something like that left up to interpretation because I, I still think I mean, maybe if it was executed better, there could be something symbolic to say about Laurent devoted the entire rest of his life to getting this revenge, but he didn't actually have to because she was still alive. But I don't think that that angle is executed at all. I just think it's weird and didn't need to be there. And I I think, like, alternatively, the tease that, you know, where they went from that last case is that (laughs) Laurent and, assumedly, Makoto's dad become president of the United States in uh, in the dub. I felt like using a very Donald Trump style of speech delivery. I think that's a fucking genius ending and is exactly the kind of tease that you would want to be left to interpretation to just say this is their next heist and to have it tied so weirdly into the real world. I think that's a great way to end ambiguously. I don't think the stuff with Dorothy was. That's fair. I, I, I kind of, I, yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, I, I do want to make one point though. Like what, what, what did you think was going to happen going into their like the, the final confrontation? Cause they basically build it up as, oh, you know, if you know how many episodes are left, it's like at the end of episode seven, they're like, okay, next episode shit's going down. What did you think was going to happen? Uh, I I really had no idea. I had no expectations. Every single thing caught me by surprise. Like every yeah. single thing. Like I, the 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 Yakuza leader pulls the lever on the building, and then there's an elevator. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? What's happening? Did I miss something? Do I need to go back? And then the building collapsed. And they're on an island. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Do I need to go back? Did I miss something? I I guess just part of me wishes the whole thing wasn't part of a setup. Yeah. To that extent, because they, I think they went a little too far in, like, I don't really believe that they could actually do that or that they could do it in the time that they had to do it. It was kind of, I mean, you can suspend belief a lot and most of it. And you're like, yeah, okay, that's kind of believable. That was where I was like, I don't know. That seems, <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know how much I believe they could actually do pull, pull that off. And even more than that, like I, I don't find the uh, the the ending heist itself to be super unbelievable. But more the fact that like so when they're doing the Laurent flashback, they point out that uh, he knows a lot of languages and he knows a lot about psychology. Uh, and that's all they say. They don't give that any qualification. They just say he has a great mind for psychology, which is your indicator that, yes, that is how he has manipulated Makoto. That is how he knows how to do these things, these cons. Um, But it gets a little hard to believe when you go back and you think about everything that had to happen for the con to work the way it needed to. And you think that even from episode one of case four, Every single thing went the way Laurent probably predicted it would happen. Down well, it wasn't to Laurent. It was what's the main character's name? Oh right, Edimer's dad. It's, it was his dad. But even still, like down to yeah. Makoto, like getting Abby out of the building, almost getting caught, going back for the kids, failing to do that getting caught by the Yakuza leader and then going and being her right hand and assuming that he would betray her. It's, it's ridiculous. And to an extent I'm here for it, but also I feel like it went a little far. Yeah. Well, and also how I, <laughs> I thought this was stupid, but they're just like, Oh yeah. The, uh, the Yakuza woman, it's just like, Oh yeah, we're just going to help her reconnect with her son. She didn't, you know, organize a goddamn mafia ring where they were selling children on the black market. Like that's, we're just going to like, that's okay. She's, she's a good person at heart. I was just kind of like, okay, that's stupid. That's dumb. This woman's actually evil. No matter what you do, like anyone who runs one of those organizations is not a good person. Yeah, but and, they were like, "Oh yeah, we we set her up to like reconnect with her son, who was like, bye, bitch, you're you're in the mafia." And to the extent that some of the stuff in the ending, I feel like, uh, reduced the consequences of things that went on in the show. Uh, I do like the fact that even through to the end, Makoto never really forgave his dad, 
even when he knew the entire context of why he did what he did, their relationship is still very rocky and he still probably hates him. Uh, his dad never told him that he went and saw his mom, did he? I don't think so. Because, yeah, when he gets to the end and his dad is at his mom's grave and you find out that the mom knew the entire time but didn't tell Makoto, that shit's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, I think about that still, and I'm on the edge of tears. Yeah. I, oh. See, there's just... Uh, I just... The ending, like we've said, got so hard to believe that that was the only downside in it. Like, it was still really good. I mean, going into, through episode seven, I was all in. I'm like, this is, this is freaking amazing. But also in my mind, I was thinking, I don't know how they're going to be able to end this and me go, holy shit. That was incredible. Like, just like speechless. Because as we have said multiple times, endings are really freaking hard. And... I think this was a decent ending to a great show, an amazing show, but I don't think the ending was in any way perfect or more than like a seven or eight, just the ending itself. Yeah. Out of 10. And it's definitely, so good. it's definitely a personal hang up of mine of why I didn't like it so much. But I think if they just dropped the, the end tease with Dorothy, I would like it significantly more. I, I wouldn't mind hmm. everything else as much if they just didn't have that bit. But again, that's probably see, a personal point that that kind I, of thing happening I especially do not like. See, I, I liked I, – I actually think I liked – I thought it was cool that they showed her. But I wish it was just we saw that she was alive. That was it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even have been happy with that. Like, like I would have been okay with the cheesy-ass shit of her like standing on a beach – and the ring washed up on shore. And it just cut to black after that. Like, you see her, she picks it up, looks at it. And then she, you just see her grin and cuts to black. That, because those are the kind of teases that I like. Where that's like, um, what was it? Oh, was it Bioshock Infinite? The original Bioshock Infinite? Maybe. But there's something else that ends like that. Where it's just like, you just look at them, they grin, and it cuts to black. There's a movie that, that ends that way. And I, I like that. <laughs> I mean, usually. The Avengers does. Yeah. But that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. I'm probably just thinking of an Avenger, one of the Avengers ending cutscenes. But, like, you, you, it just gives you something to think about. You're like, oh, shit, she's alive? Wow. Yeah, and, and, and it's because they give so much more information about what she's been doing since then that I feel like whether or not a season two is going to happen, I feel like that's at least indicating that they have somewhere to go with a season two if it does. Yeah, true, because they didn't really need to be like, oh, she's getting her memories back. Because like, like, with that kind of loose end open... I feel like it makes Great Pretender not feel like as much of a singular package to me as I wish it did. I get that. Because <clears throat> I, I don't think there's enough series these days that just tell the story they intend to tell in a not just cohesive, but concise package and then don't go anywhere else. Uh, like Gravity Falls, uh, if you haven't heard of that, it's a... Uh, Primarily a kid's show that aired on Disney. It only lasted two seasons. It ended with an hour and a half long movie. Um, it has a very subtle tease at the end that's like, sure, the story continues, but not in a way that we intend to tell. And I feel like it itself is a complete package. And I, j- I just don't see that very often. Every series is always like, we want a season two because we got to make money. So here's where we could go with that. And they, they kind of forget that they're supposed to, tell a story on its own not not enough series are treated like movies well well, yeah yes i was gonna say that's that's i was trying to think of other shows that are like that but that's not usually how it is it's it's usually done in movies where like that's how you know it's a great story is that on its own it it's a great story you don't have to have more but a great movie or story tells its story and makes you want more of it yeah, like and I think, uh, in fact, uh, I'm would, sorry, continue your thought. I would kind of say Great Pretender kind of does that. I would love to see more, but to your point, I think it lessens some of the emotional impacts, especially in this last heist, that you're meant, that they go out, their original intention or the feelings that they want you to feel in that last heist, 
heist get lessened if they do make more. Yeah. I think uh, Into the Spider-Verse is an incredible complete package on its own. It does not need a sequel, and I think it's barely teased for a sequel. Uh, They've already announced a sequel. Well, yeah, obviously. But Oh, I didn't know. if you, I thought you were like, <laughs> didn't know that. Okay. No, but before Continue. they announced the sequel, the movie itself, like, and it was kind of by nature of crossing dimensions and, like, the idea that maybe these characters could meet again, but they keep it so ambiguous in the end that, like, you know, there, there's two things. There's, like, Miles lays down in his bed and then, like maybe somehow Spider-Gwen is contacting him between dimensions. I, I feel like that's a little ambiguous about whether it's actually happening or whether he's daydreaming it happening. Um, but whether or not it's real or not, that tease is ambiguous enough that, like, sure, they're from different dimensions. We know they can cross different dimensions. It could be something as simple as they want to visit. It doesn't have to be a whole other adventure. And then even the after credits scene, when you got Spider-Man 2099 doing his time travel thing, sure, that's an indicator that there could be another story happening, but because it's just another gag and he goes to Spider-Man 1965 and they just do the meme thing, it doesn't set up a larger <laughs> story, it just tells you that there could be. So all yeah. that together makes a package that if there's not a sequel, I don't ever have to think, oh, well, there's going to be a sequel, this story isn't done. Yeah, no, you, yes, that was very well said. <laughs> I don't know how to go f from there. <laughs> well, on that note, we are now just over an hour on our episode here, so I guess are we, that's... Are you really uh, going to have us end with that? Why are we so bad at ending this thing? <laughs> well, I'm say something else then. What you got? I don't know. I mean, I hope you right. what score, I had score last out week. Score out of, score out of 10. Great pretender. What do you give it? I had to give it a 9 out of 10, mostly because, as I said, uh, having seen three other cases already, the ending kind of went along the same playbook, I felt, and so the impact was not as much as the other endings, because the first one, you're like, whoa, that's wild, that's crazy, wasn't seeing that coming. The second one, you're like, they're doing it again, I can't believe it, holy shit. The third one just hits different. Because it hits an emotional core that cord that the first two didn't. And so the third one's great. And then the fourth one kind of just combined a lot of stuff that happened in all the other three. And I didn't think there was anything new, completely new and unique that I saw done in the ending of the last one to make me go, wow, that one just gave me all these different emotions that I hadn't already felt watching it. But I mean, it's still just an amazing show. And at some point, whenever we, I, whenever we, whenever I put together the nominations for show of the year and stuff like that, this one's on there for sure. And I don't know what's beating it. Yeah. So nine out of 10. And I think I would agree. Um, if we were having this conversation before case four had come out, I think the show would easily be a 10 out of 10. The first oh, three I, cases, yeah. I would absolutely have given a 10 out of 10. But viewing the whole thing as the singular package, I do agree. I think the details that annoyed me about the last case do bring it down to a 9 out of 10. Which, now, and you know, to be clear, that's still really good. That's still yes. an incredible show. Yeah, it's, yes. Now, this is one thing I just thought of, and I wonder how this would have affected us. Do you think we don't give a shit about some of the stuff in the last part if the entire show came out at once. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I'd feel the same way. Okay. Because I was I was thinking, I only bring that up because, as you said, those first three cases, I'm like, wow, this, show, this show's on pace to be a 10 out of 10. So I went into the last one going, can this keep it up and actually be a 10 out of 10? So I don't know if that just means I overhyped what I was hoping it would be. Because I still think, I, I say that, but going into episode seven like it was hitting it i was i was right there thinking though this is right there able to be a 10 out of 10 but i just just wanted to get your thought on that yeah i mean the separation of time between the two viewings definitely built the hype in a different way 
yeah. but I I think uh, I I probably wouldn't have the notion of this half versus this half have different scores, but I think everything in regards to how it comes together in the end as the singular show, I think I would feel the same way about everything. Gotcha. Yeah, that I I I agree. So we both give it a nine out of ten. Go watch it, as I said earlier, and we won't spend a lot of time on this because of the time that we're at. But I think this show appeals to literally anyone. It's just a really good heist show because they're doing heists, not traditional like bank robbery, but I mean, they're con men, so they're doing heists. And it's just, I really want to have people who don't normally watch anime watch it and see what they think. Just because, like I said, I just think anyone anyone can appreciate it. And that's how you know it's a damn good story. Is I know animation might not be the medium for everyone, but I think anyone can appreciate how well the story's told throughout those four different cases. Mm-hmm. And I think it could help that the show at least doesn't look very traditionally anime. In the way True. that uh, it does its scenery, at least. The the characters, like, obviously there's still stuff there that looks anime-ish. But if your only indicator of anime is Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon, Great Pretend is going to be a pretty pretty wide departure from that. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. Now we can end it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we have your... All right, so you, you, you end the show then. <laughs> okay, well, that'll do us this week. For another episode of the health, the not the healthy obsession, healthy obsession. Next week, we'll probably be talking about a lot of Destiny. So if that doesn't entice you, sorry, but um, that is kind of the nature of our week to week podcast where we talk about whatever we've been doing or watching or reading. So, yep. so if you like this, check us, us out week. on uh, check us out on all the platforms. Go on Spotify, give us a download. We're going to be releasing older episodes that we got in the tank at the same time as these newer ones once I can get them edited. So look forward to that. Uh, you know, even if you don't necessarily listen, uh, a download is always appreciated. So check us out. And maybe a rating. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a rating. Five stars? Is that a Are thing? Are we a five stars podcast? Are we a five star? Probably not. But No. But give us five stars. Yeah. <laughs> give us a five star rating and then log into a different account and give us an honest rating. <laughs> All right, so bye-bye. We're cutting some of that.